They say a family that prays together stays together. But what if you can't even get your family together? We are the Sisters Collective. Three generations. Four sisters. Helping you navigate this crazy world. One family meeting at a time. This podcast is the intersection of education, sisterhood, and the ever-changing dynamics of family. We invite you to pull up a seat and join our family meeting. Happy New Year! Yeah, Happy New Year. we're back! Woo, woo. It's 2020. It yes, is, y'all. Yes, yes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I know, right? <laughs> made it. Like, that escalated quickly. It did. I mean, I mean like, literally four months, and she'll be one. Oh That's crazy. That's crazy. My little took this gonna be one. And like you were literally carrying her when we started this thing. Yes. 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 Whoa. The pictures and everything you would. That's right. Oh, your pictures are so yeah. beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So guys, we are back, and we uh, welcome you back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us again for hanging in there with us over these two seasons, and we are back officially with season three. <laughs> and um, as we start this new year, um, we know it's important to, in order for you to accelerate, you kind of have to pause and take a look at where you are, um, what got you to where you are, and what practices and, and what practices and procedures are going to help you to be able to accelerate faster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. in this first episode, season three, episode one-ish, what we're going to do is recap on the first two seasons and look at what got us to where we are. Yes, yes. What are some things we may want to add to those episodes and just the best of our first year as a podcast. Yes. So join us on this journey. We're going to pick like, I think, five of our favorite episodes. Yes. Either our personal favorites or favorites that the listeners, you the listeners, have chimed in and mm-hmm. said that you enjoyed. Speaking of you, the listeners, if ever you have a question, comment, um, want to pose a question or have a comment about anything, please hit us up on all of our social media sites. DM us. We do respond. Yes. And also email us at the sisters collective six at gmail.com. That's the sisters collective six at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, the sisters collective.com and hit us up. If you're not already subscribed, please subscribe. Please like. Do all of that good stuff so that you can stay tuned to what's happening. Because I'm just going to go ahead and tell you now, this is going to be the year that you want to make sure you are following the Sisters Collection. Yes. All the way lit. Okay. All right. Who wants to start? First episode. First episode. <laughs> um, so it is important to look back um, when before you decide to go forward. So I, um, one of our listeners' favorites, and it's probably one of the favorites because the yep. very first one, um, it's it's titled episode two, but it's good grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like our why, like why we're here, and mm-hmm. it was talking um, also about our family like structure and how we navigated through grief. And for those of you that are new to the podcast. Um, Grief kind of happened to bring us all together. Yes. Um, sometimes, unfortunately, in families, grief can tear you apart. Right. Um, and so for a season, you know, we did pause all of us. And we were just kind of like, you know what? I need to breathe. I need my own space. I need to get my mind right. Um, but our grief was good to us. Yeah. It yes. um, brought us together. Um, as a collective, as a sisterhood, we now, through this journey, are learning more about each other. So just both Jasmine and I received a lot of like feedback from people saying, wow, that... Because grief touches so many people. Um, there, I can't say that there is anyone outside of, before we lost Jamela and Eric, I can't say that I had lost anyone significant in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so even as a counselor, it was hard for me to necessarily identify with my students. 
or mm-hmm. with anyone who had lost someone. But now I get it. I get, you know, how hard it is to transition, how, um, how when you have someone significant in your life who played such a major role and, you know, anything that you were doing. I talk to Jamila every single day. I, I think what that process taught me was that we have done a poor job of handling grief mm. as a society, as a people, cultural, culturally, that we've done a, we haven't done a great job of handling people while they're grieving. Um, and we haven't honestly been taught how to grieve right. or been given permission to grieve, if I could be honest, because what, what people expect you to do is to move on mm-hmm. quickly. quickly. Because I learned that my grief and I'm going to be very honest, was a bother to, to some people. But the reason it was a bother is because they did not know how to handle that space of grief. Now, biblically, it's taught that we're supposed to mourn with those who mourn, and then we rejoice with those who rejoice. But we don't know how to do that. Mm. We, it says that, but we don't know how to do that. And I think what it taught me is how to grieve with people because I first had to learn how to grieve with myself. Mm. I had to give myself permission to not be okay, to really sit in that space of brokenness for just a moment, to Mm -hmm. feel that. Mm -hmm. And once I fully felt it, I didn't have to keep feeling it forever. Mm. But when you don't fully give yourself a chance to grieve, you keep grieving little by little by little by little by little, but you never fully grieve. Mm -hmm. And I had to give myself permission to fully grieve so that I could get through the grief process. And it is a process. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen overnight. And that's one thing that I learned, that it is a process. It doesn't look the same for everybody, but it is a process. You have to give yourself permission to sit in that space and walk through it. And people around you have to learn how to know where you are. Mm-hmm. Not, in a, not in a space where, where you're being placated, but know where you are so they know how to support you in that space until you can get through the space. You Normally when you're grieving, you don't want anybody. I don't really need you to do anything. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I just need you to let me let me do this. Mm-hmm. Let me be here. If I need something while I'm in here, I'll, I'll have to find the strength to come and get it, ask for it. But I think what it taught me is that we have not as society, we don't know how to grieve and we don't know how to let people grieve. And because we don't know how to do it, we have a lot of wounded folk walking around who are mm-hmm. grieving stuff that's 20 years old, relationships mm-hmm. that died, remember death is not just about somebody passing on from life to death it could be the death of a relationship death mm-hmm. of a dream but because we don't know how to grieve, grieve those things it's a lot of people living but still not living yeah. and that alive was, but not living that was I, think what it, I think it helped me to be able to deal with other people in a sense of it's okay if they take a little bit longer you know it's then okay than then myself mm-hmm. Um, it's okay because sometimes you'll have your staff who's afraid to even ask for time off to go deal with a family. And I tell people first, your family comes first. This mm. job will still be here. Sure will. You go take care of your family. I don't care if it's the day before a holiday. If something happens, your family comes first. So I think it helped me to be able to deal with other people and let them know it's, it's okay when you have something that happens. Um, but I also look at it to watch the signs for other people to see if you are going into like a deeper depression that there may be something I need to say to you mm-hmm. to pick, lift your spirits up. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a word or whatever that I can say when I see people like, oh, I understand there was a death and I see you pulling away. Mm-hmm. Then I need to intervene to make sure I know I'm here to support you. Right. You let me know what you need. 
And right. even if you don't know what you need, I'm still going to keep right. coming back to Sometimes you. I'm not going to let know. you stay in that 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 hole. I guess I see it as a hole that I see people sinking in. Yeah, without yes. any support. Yeah. And I think the, the, the biggest thing for me was learning that you grieve so many things. Like, I, right, I always thought right. about grief and, like, death, associated but, with, or death. With, with relationships, mm-hmm. but a loss of a job, a loss of a friendship, a loss of a thing, a tangible thing. Yes. And mm-hmm. so I remember, I think you were saying it, um, Liz, and I was like, whoa, like, you, people are grieving. People don't realize that they're grieving. They don't even know it. That they're people, yes. I, I, I can attest that there are a lot of adults who are, are living a life they never expected to have to live, mm. and... They don't know that they're grieving the loss of what they thought they should have had. Yeah. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. They don't know it. But the bitterness that you see in your soul towards even yourself, it comes out towards other people. It comes out towards yes. your children. Because your children are a symbol of the life you never thought you yeah. were going to have. Yeah. You didn't see yourself as a single parent. Mm-hmm. But that child mm-hmm. that you raise every day is a symbol of a part of a life you did not want. Yes. When you, you didn't want it like this. Uh-huh. You wanted children, but you didn't want it like this. Yes. And so they're a symbol, a visible symbol of something you never thought you wanted. Mm. And you... And they don't even realize that some of the harshness that they're giving is, is really grief. Mm-hmm. But so, we wow. haven't taught people that it is okay to grieve that. But you're going to have to really grieve that and get come to terms with that. Because but you're you not to identify that that's even grief. Or that's even something right. that's bothering you. That right, the bitterness right. and you know the judgment and things that you're doing. And that's what I was going to say before you were speaking. That when people don't identify that they are grieving. Or when they don't uh, give themselves permission to grieve. Or people then... In every aspect of their lives, that grief is exploding. Like oh, it's yes. coming into other aspects oh, yes. of their life. So it might you might have you might be grieving a loss of a relationship, but you mad, you judgmental, and then in your job, those little things things start to bother you because you have unresolved grief in your mm-hmm. personal life. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's really interesting. So I would say that it was, was and it was, was therapeutic. And I yeah. think for me, yeah. um, it was important for us to share that because going through that process brought a level of um, relief and healing in areas that I feel like we would have been stuck a lot longer had we not kind of really talked through that. Because yeah. even in the middle of us recording it, we had to come to terms with the fact that some of us were still in denial. Right? Denial, denial, denial. denial. <laughs> and, and the fact of the matter yeah. is, that's a real thing. And one of the, one of, one of uh, a friend of mine who listens to the, the podcast regularly and literally gives me episode recaps. Um, that was one of the first things that he said that it was mind blowing that the, that the part about denial and depression hit home. When you deny it, denial is a part of the process of grief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's the part where people stay there because if you deny it long enough, then you just stay in that denial. Mm-hmm. Yes. Not recognize that is a part of the grief. Yes. Um, you don't want it to be what it is, but it is what it is. And so, I mean, uh, it was therapeutic in a lot of ways because it, it allowed me to. Now, when we talk about her death, it doesn't it doesn't sting. Yes. yes. Right. Um, there were times when talking about it would bring sorrow or sadness. I don't. I'm not sad when I talk about her her, her death anymore. Um, and I I praise God for that because it, it feels like we've walked through the process of grief, and now I think this episode um, allows other people to walk through that process yes. of grief, mm-hmm. right? In a way that I don't I didn't have that tool before. I don't think I had that tool before. And it, it allowed me to take other other unprocessed grief, other moments of disappointment and things that I had grieved, and I was able to walk through those processes as well as a result of that. So it felt like like 
like healing in all the structures of the, yeah. all the mm. parts. That's the group. Um, the Evans family is um, just, he just lost his wife, Pastor Evans, Tony Evans. Yes, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, he just lost his wife, and um, they had before that lost their niece. Um, and so I, when I was just thinking about um, grief and how it touches everybody, and I think mm-hmm. that was probably why one of our episodes was ah. um, one of the biggest episodes because one because it was in the beginning. It literally it touches, touches everybody. everybody. Doesn't mm-hmm. sex, yeah. race, creed, culture. It and there's no one that is not has not will not grieve something. So right. if you are out there and you are grieving, it is important for you to be able to talk through. Um, what you're doing, if you're noticing the signs and you don't know that it's grief and you're angry or you're bitter or you're resentful or all of those things, it could have a deeper root. So it's important for you and to... And look for the signs, signs in yeah. others. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I think that's what we also learned mm-hmm. about, how... Looking for the signs, the signs in others. other people. And, and go back to episode two and look in those show notes and look at some of the resources that are there and mm-hmm. take advantage of those. I believe we had some resources for a mental health counselor, for a therapist that was there. Um, go through those show notes and... and and go back and listen to the episode and, and allow it to to help you in the way that you may need it. Go back to it if something else comes up. Um, so that's what it's there for. Okay? All right. So what was the next episode that you guys thought was very interesting, that the listeners thought was interesting? Uh, I think episode six and seven, we started talking about relationships and uh, the parent-child relationships especially. Um, I think that hit home with some folks. Yes. Um, in a way that we don't always talk about in black families. Um, I don't know about other families, but I'm black, so that's the only kind of family that I, I kind of have a reference <laughs> for. Um, but we don't typically talk a lot about how we were parented and what effect that has had on us. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if we always acknowledge that it has had an effect on us. Um, not in a way of placing blame, but just acknowledging this is what it was. And right. I might not have been parented as well as I would like to have. Now, we can look back and say that um, where we are is kind of uh, good, good, bad, or ugly. It has helped to develop us to where we are. It's given us the strength that we have and the fortitude that we have and all of that good stuff. But um, we have to also acknowledge the ways in which... Um, potential damage or harm could have been done because mm-hmm. of the ways we were parented and then find ways to correct that so that we don't live a adult live our adult lives as kind wounded parent, children. Yes, mm-hmm. okay. trying to parent our child, our right. child so, self. Yeah. I liked um, when we started that series about relationships, how we, to, what was it called? Uh, to thine own self be true. How we really dove into understanding ourselves mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how we manage the relationships that affect us personally, like whether that's um, a romantic relationship yes. or that's just at work and friendships, how you have to um, understand that the way that you are is not necessarily how other people are going to view you and how you want to be treated is not necessarily how you treat others and how other people want to be treated. And we kind of really dove into that, and I thought that was very, very interesting to, to really get into that before we even moved into the parent-child relationship. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. We kind of started there and that really opened up a whole other That's what made us go into the parent-child yes. relationship. Yes, yes. So I that series was great. That are you referring great. to like, um, when we start talking about like maybe, not love languages, but remembering that we have to um, we talk about expectations a little bit. Yes, like, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Having yes. those expectations um, the, that, that haven't been uh, unspoken, unspoken expectations. expectations. Yes, that's when we don't um, that. And realizing that how you need to be, how you need to be loved, mm-hmm. 
we love people the way we want to be loved, but that might not be how they need to be loved. Right. right? That's how we, um, yeah. That's and so what we, we have about. to come to terms with that. We have to learn how to, how to love people the way they need to be loved, not just the way that's most comfortable for us. Um, but yeah. we also um, talked about in there making sure we let people know mm-hmm. what we actually want and, and not like, well, you should know. Right, right, right. Right, Right. exactly. (laughs) You should know me by now. And that's sometimes what we think, but we have to make sure in our relationships that we let people know what our expectations are in um, the relationship. And I think it also helps, helped us to be able to, you know, understand, okay, some of the things that may have happened in the past in relationships doesn't have to impact my mm-hmm. uh, future mm-hmm. relationships. I can change this. Right. I, I can change what's happened in the past because I'm learning from, mm-hmm. from right. those mistakes. And you can heal wounds too. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. You, you, our, our hearts, our minds, our, our souls, our all of that, it's, it's pliable. It's, it's not set in stone. Right? They say you can't teach your old dogs uh, old dog new tricks. That's actually not true. You can you can be reprogrammed. You can relearn. You can go back and do things over. You your your mental state doesn't have to stay where it is. Your heart, the condition of your heart doesn't have to stay where it is. It's possible to do that over. Right? Being loved well can undo all of the time that you weren't, right? right. Being mm-hmm. being handled well can undo the years of not being handled well. So it is possible not to stay where you are. I think that's what came from that that was most important to me is that regardless of, of, of the woundedness that might have been there, it doesn't have to stay, right? That you can, better can come from that, so. Yes. And that again felt like growth and holiness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess in the next episode would just like tie right in. It wasn't technically the next episode, but it was um, the next episode, I guess, that we, uh, that I would say was really good for me was episode 11, which was about the new year. It was actually in October. So it was about the Jewish new year. And I, I, although we just experienced, you know, January 1st, new year, 2020, I really felt like my new year started in October. Like it was so important for me to start whatever it is that I was going to do in 2020 to start Mm -hmm. that, that belief in um, that structure early. Um, Because most of us, most of us, you know, it's now what the fourth, the fifth, what's today? The fifth. Fifth, fifth, mm-hmm. Wednesday was the eighth. Wednesday is the eighth. Yes. <laughs> when, so when this comes out, it's the eighth. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um. So, uh, most of us we're gonna start workout routines. We're gonna start habits and all those things. But if you don't plan before to make that happen, then you go. Those habits are going to drop anyway. Right. Amen. Amen. So, um, so for that, what I really liked um, was that starting. I started, I feel solid, I feel committed to the, the plans that I made, the um, the structure that I've already set in place. My heart felt like it had already shifted, yeah. and mm-hmm. so I was, I feel really good. I, even though I, you know, I celebrated, I was at church, I was like, whoo I had already felt like... I had already transitioned. Yeah. My yeah. paradigm had already shifted. Exactly. Yeah. Um, when I began to think about the significance of the um, Jewish New Year, uh, Shana Tova, and just thinking about the fact that the new year doesn't have to start in, in our Gregorian calendar, it starts in January, but for theirs, it literally started in October, and when I began to embrace that, I didn't have to wait until January 1st to start thinking about what I was going to do next. Right. I literally started taking the time in October to start thinking about what am I going to do next, where do mm-hmm. I want to be, and I'm much closer to that part now because I started thinking about it in October than I probably would have been. I remember last year starting to think about things in January and it was April and I didn't have anything done. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Ooh. Now let's take it back. We started thinking about things in October now last year. Like you have now I have things in place. I have mm-hmm. meetings. Mm-hmm. I have stuff Count lined up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have things in place now um, that I did not have in place last year. So I feel much more equipped to get things done because I have a much more solid foundation. Um, I'm getting my structures. I'm taking January to get my structures and systems in place. Um, financially, my structures and systems, my business structures and systems, my health structures and systems. Mm-hmm. I'm taking January to get more of those structures and systems in place so that this first quarter I have something to show. Not so that other folks can see it, so that I can see the productivity. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, and so uh, I think starting in October, that was a pivotal, that was a real kind of crossroads moment. Yeah. Because it allowed us to really transition right then. Mm-hmm. And not wait until the new year. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I took from that um, episode is, no matter how many times you start, you just keep starting over yep. again. Yeah, yep. yeah. Don't you quit. Know, don't. You, and that was just like, okay, don't quit. I know I said last year I was going to do this, and I did not do it. But this time, okay, I'm gonna start it. And even if I have to pause, I'm going to pick it back up. And yeah. I think that's important as we go in this new year. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah, and so I yeah that was that was good. But so and what was also good for me, um, the next episode that was good for me, which obviously um, the reason, um, one of the reasons that we're here is because our sister passed away, and we talked about good grief. But Pinktober mm-hmm. um, was big for us. We actually have some episodes recorded on Coffee and Conversations on YouTube. Um, we went, I went and got my breast exam. You know what? I need to follow my results. That does happen. I was like, did I? Did I get my results? <laughs> I don't even think I waited for my results. I got mine. Did you get your results? Yeah. And Jay? I took it. When, whenever we set the time, mm-hmm. I went, had the exam. You know, it's included in my insurance. Um, took the exam and everything came back, you know, negative, no issues or anything like that. So that's good. Amen. Now I just have to go back and... Not on my breast. We got to worry about our stomachs, too. <laughs> our digestive system. Our digestive system. But that's, that's not a part of it, you know. But. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no, but you're right. But the whole system health is important. Yes. And we never know what Holistically. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. Eric also passed away from pancreatic, pancreatic cancer. Yes. So you just never know. Even though we know we do focus on our breasts because our sister passed away from breast cancer in October's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, and that was really big for us. We had... That was uh, a way two. of honoring her. Right. Um, honoring her existence and um, leaving a legacy. But also um, doing part of what our vision is to educate people um, in mm-hmm. various aspects, we wanted to shine a light on survivors, people yeah. who um, have had, and their survival stories were all different. We had yeah, um, Michelle Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about, her story was so incredible because she took a holistic journey mm-hmm. that many people don't, don't necessarily yeah. take and don't necessarily have the courage to take, but she took a holistic journey and um, and survived. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, you interviewed your friend, um, Noreen. Noreen Wright-Robinson, and hers was different than Michelle's, and she definitely, you know, she went with um, the more traditional chemo. I'm not sure if she, I don't remember if she had radiation. Um, but we are proud to say that both of them are survivors both. now, mm-hmm. and that they're both doing very well, you know, mentally and spiritually, and it's a journey. It's a process. Michelle definitely said that some days are better than others, yeah, right, you know, absolutely. so... Um, that was good, but we also talked to the caregivers. So I love, um, yeah. I love the conversation with Jillian Ford. Like that was amazing. She was our sister's caregiver, mm-hmm. like there from the literally 
the very beginning of her journey with breast cancer. So that was a really awesome conversation that we had with her. And that was, we all were able to kind of chime in on that one. So that I think was, that's the vantage that point. Great. We don't typically get a bird's eye view of the caregiver. We see the patient. Um, we see sometimes um, how they're dealing with it, but we don't take into consideration the toll that it takes on the one that is caring for the person who mm-hmm. is sick. Mm-hmm. Um, cancer doesn't just affect a person. It affects an entire system, an entire family. Yeah. Everybody is affected by um, the, whether it's the appointments or the illnesses and the medications and the hospital visits and mm-hmm. the, the, the bouts with, you know, the depression that they go through and the, all of the emotional turmoil. It doesn't just affect the patient. It affects every single person that is caring for them. Um, so we got a chance to talk to a caregiver, and I think that was that was crucial because that will help people who are caregivers to know how to care for themselves. You've got to yes. learn. You cannot yes. be a caregiver that's not caring for yourself. Yes. So I think it was important that people who are caregivers – and, and not just caregivers of cancer patients, right. caregivers in, that are innately caregivers, yeah. those, the, the people who are mothering everybody, but you're not mothering yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to burn out, right? So those kind of people, teachers that who are mothering everybody's children, you better make sure that you do some self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I think that was important. You know what just hit me? Um, for the caregivers... They might also be experiencing the death of the life that they thought that they were going to have. Exactly. So exactly. now you have that responsibility because you're, it's a loved one or someone that you care about. And you've decided, you know what, we were supposed to go on this trip, but now I have to sit here because, you know, I have to care for you. And I don't think that they're resenting, but sometimes so some they also are be. grieving. Yeah. Of, you know, so they're in a, a lot of aspects. People are experiencing grief and loss. And so it's important to, you know, to support people. So, yeah. Yeah, so that was definitely good. So those were episodes 12, 13, 14. and 14. Mm-hmm. Yep, so it was blessed by the caregivers. Life is a comma, not a period. Right. And the other side of healing. Jasmine, tell us what was the last one that we, um, the last one that we... Oh, yes. It was one of my favorites, actually, was episode 17, the mental spring cleaning. Yeah. We had a full-on yard, yard sale. sale episode. And if you are new to the podcast, you don't know what our yard sale is, that is when we let everything go. It yeah. has to go out of here, out of our mental space, our emotional space, um, just to just to bring some kind of like calm to us mm-hmm. about whatever whatever it is. And so we had a full on yard sale episode, and we really let some stuff go that yeah. episode. We and, really really did. And if you think about it in a natural sense, um, you cannot add to a house that's already full of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like, even at the end of this year, um, it's kind of normal in culturalistically at the end of the year that you we clean up our houses. You don't go into the new year with the dirty house. Right. With dishes in the sink, with uh, clothes that are not washed. It's an old wives' tale, but it, we, we you wash your clothes before the year comes in. You wash your dishes. You keep you kind of clean your house up, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of the year, I went into my closet and realized there were things in my closet that I hadn't used in all of the time that we've been in the house. It was a rack full of <laughs> shirts, like T-shirts. Um, like inside my closet, there's a rack behind there. And it's, I literally had taken T-shirts that where my drawers were, had, the dresser drawer had, was overflowing with stuff, with shirts and, and blouses and tops. I took them all out of the drawers, put them in my closet, folded them up neatly, and, you know, I'll just use them from there. Well, two years have passed and I haven't used <laughs> not one of them. You know what I did? I went and snatched every single one of them off that off that rack, mm-hmm. put them on my floor to 
to do, and I'm putting them in a garbage bag, and I'm getting rid of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, shoes in my closet are no longer useful. The heel is too high. Oh, it's a little worn. I'm not gonna wear it. Putting them all in the bag. I'm getting mm-hmm. rid of them. Mm-hmm. Going through my dresser drawers this this um, week. So remember, at the beginning of January, I use January to reset as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm going through dresser drawers. If there's things in there that I have not worn since this time last year, that means I'm to not go. gonna wear it. <laughs> so to take it out. I have drawers on, uh, at the foot of my bed. With, with scarves and, 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 and <laughs> leggings and tights and all kind of matter of foolishness and sweaters and stuff just sitting here and it's gathering dust, literal dust. I have not worn it. Literal dust. Since the time I put it there, guess what? It's coming up out of there. Let it it go. needs to go. It's coming out it of there. It needs to go. So even though, you know, this was a recap episode, it's time. It's still relevant. Like, it, it's still relevant. It's still relevant. Get clean your house. Clean, <laughs> clean your physical house. Then clean your mental house. Now, what <laughs> memories and thoughts do you need to? You need let, to let, let that go thing go. Of. Yes. You done processed over that thing long enough. Yes. You let done processed go. over that idea long enough. You done sat with that vision long enough. Now, either you're gonna let the vision go, or you're gonna do something with it. Mm. Either produce it, or 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 let it go. Mm-hmm. Because you can't get new thoughts. With ancient thoughts sitting there. Now, either you're going to do something with the thought that's still there, or you need to go ahead and write it down in your journal and close the journal and leave and move on. Because <laughs> you're not going to get much done with 50 things sitting on your on your you mental in your mental space. You are not. Either you need to get them all done, you need to hire you a business consultant, somebody can help you process through that stuff, or you need to just let that thing go. Mm-hmm. Clean your physical house. Clean your physical house. Like, go get, go get a cleaner. Listen. If you're not the cleaner, go hire somebody. You know, um, pay somebody to come wipe them baseboards. They are professionals. <laughs> to wipe them baseboards. You, can pick up. <laughs> you know, I, I know they call it spring cleaning, and that's fine. It can be winter cleaning. We need to do that before the springtime. You know, right. do what you need to do. do. I promise you, I'm telling you for, for a fact, you feel better when your space is clean. Absolutely. I, I, I will admit that I'm the kind of person that when I wash clothes, I wash them and I don't put them away right away. Oh, I think that's I'll all leave, of us. I'll leave them first. I mean, it's stages. It's stages to this. Let me explain my stages. Oh, first, geez. it stays in the hamper. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then, after I've gotten accumulated dirty clothes that need to go in the hamper, I dump the clean clothes out of the hamper onto the bed. <laughs> put the dirty clothes in the hamper and put it in its place. So, now I have clean clothes on one side of the bed. <laughs> I'm sleeping on the other side of the bed. And then I get tired of that. So I take the clean clothes off the bed and I sit them at the foot of, on the, on the floor oh, at the Jesus. foot. Okay, that's stage three. Once they get to stage three, <laughs> this is when it's a problem because then after stage three, I, I live out of the clothes because I just start picking the clothes. Oh, I because wear now them. your dirty clothes is, is ready to come. Right, so <laughs> I just go ahead and wear them off the floor. Uh, you oh, can be, judge me if you want. Yes, judge your mama. Yes. I don't care. And then... After I can't, after there's nothing else for me to wear off the floor, then I go ahead and put those clothes up. <laughs> well, this year I'm not doing that. Okay. Stage one, straight from the hamper. Straight from hamper to bed, put them up, put them in the drawers. But this is why I had to clean my drawers out. Right. This is why I had to clean my closet listen. out. Because I didn't, you know why they were staying there? I didn't have nowhere to put the clothes. Listen. Because clothes I don't wear are we're sitting inside up. of my dresser. Yeah. Clothes that I don't wear are sitting in my closet. So listen, clothes I, I don't wear are on hangers. I, I am in the same boat. And mine is Disgusting. Partly, partly because so what my my stages is not not nearly like that. They they literally <laughs> judging me. I feel judgment. <laughs> I have stages and I'm okay with it. I have stages too. I, I had mine, mine, past tense. Mine is 
mine stay in in the the doggone hamper after they're washed dried they stay in the clean clothes hamper for a little minute and then of course it's time to take them out i fold them all and then for me because my dresser i cannot fit majority of the clothes that i had before i was pregnant my hips have spread i ain't got them the skinny hips so the pants the shirts the the blouses the dresses I can't fit them. So that's what's taking up my dresser. So all the clothes that I can wear are on top of the dresser. Fold <laughs> it. Okay? Can I give you a hint? Take all those things that don't fit anymore and put them in one particular place. Like stack them somewhere. I'm trying to be able to go back to them. You, you maybe that's what I'm saying. Don't throw those away. Put right. Those, so that's what I'm like. Okay, put I got to figure out. I got to figure out this one. I would box those and put aside size such and such. Box all of those mm, until mm, you get mm, back mm. to those so they can be in one place out of the way. Put the clothes you wear right now in your drawers. I'm telling you what I have to do. I got to. That stuff got to come out. It got so, to go. Because I don't have nowhere to put clothes. That's why I'm putting them up. I be drawers don't pile the clothes. Girl. <laughs> anyway, mental spring cleaning. That's what the episode was about. <laughs> right, that's what it was okay. about. And it was so good. <laughs> it was so good. As you can see. As you can see, it's bringing back memories. Memories. But yeah, that was, we had a great first start. I feel like 2019 was the start of the podcast, and it was just so much positivity that mm-hmm. we each got out of it. Mm-hmm. And so coming into 2020, I feel like. We can go uh, up from here. We can only only go up from here. And um, the ideas and the thoughts and all of the... We've already kind of had our touch base on what we want to do with the podcast this year. And so, you guys, just stay tuned. Um, Share the podcast with your friends, with your family. Have those family meetings. Because we really want to impact people and, and create change within the family dynamics. So... Yeah. You know what I also would like for our listeners to do? Um, if you are having family meetings, take, I, I mean, I don't want you to be too, I don't want you to expose anybody that doesn't want to be exposed or, you know, show right, what right, you right. want to sh- show. But if you are starting to have family meetings as a result of what you're hearing on this podcast, take a, show us a picture or, or hashtag it and show us. A, yes. Or if you, right your, your family us. is starting to get together more. Um, write into us, send us an email, let us know how this show is impacting you so we can share your story if you would like us to. Um, but also, um, stay tuned so you can see what's coming up next. But if you have show ideas, if you have a topic that you want information about, things that you have questions about, things that your family wants to discuss, Absolutely. Give, send us that information and we can do some of that research and maybe that can become a topic on our show. Yeah. And, um... Keep in touch with us, but but engage with us on social media. Email us your your um, ideas. Email us when your your family is starting to get together. But let us know how this show is impacting you. In this new season, we want to hear more from you. Yes, yes. We want to make sure that what we're giving is what you need. We have things planned, but we want to we re- remember we're here for you to impact a community. Mm-hmm. But we need to know what you, the community, and our listeners want to hear, need mm-hmm. to hear. Mm-hmm. So. We want you to start reaching out to us. Hit us up on all of our social media platforms. Email us at thesisterscollective6 at gmail.com. And we just want to hear from you this season. All right? All All right. right. Peace. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Sisters Collective. Tune in next week for another family meeting. Be sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and follow us at The Sisters Collective on all social media platforms.